Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to The Human Conversation. My guest today is all the way from Spain. However, she's English. So I am really looking forward to our conversation, our human conversation with Lola Brocklesby. Did I say that right, Lola? Yeah. It's not even that hard, is it really? Well, not for me, but I've had it for some years. So Lola, you're a career coach. So yeah. welcome to the Human Conversation podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I love the idea of it. I just love, I mean, that's just me to a T, really. I just love that kind of human connection and just getting to know people. And yeah, so I'm really um, honoured to be here. Thanks very yeah. much. Yeah. Well, I'm honoured to have you here because I think one of the things I'm excited about is talking about what you do because I certainly think at the moment, when you think about the fact that when we're recording this, and I always say that now because if someone's listening in a couple of years' time, but whilst we are recording it currently, we are coming out of a lockdown from the pandemic, the virus that's been here with us. I think it's an interesting time for us to be talking about careers and jobs and how people are feeling about work in general so um, I'm excited to put a little essence of that into this conversation Lola though Mm -hmm. I want to start obviously I like to start with where did you start so you know when you left school so Mm -hmm. it would be nice to just have a little bit of a feel for the listeners where did Lola start what did she do and how did she come to be a career coach so over to you um, well, I quite like talking about this because it's something that I do with my clients, actually, you know, about your career story and how everything that you've experienced and everything that's kind of happened to you or things that you've, you know, gone out there and got yourself. It all forms part of your career and life story, really. Um, so, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing. Um, so, actually, I was born in Birmingham and I lived there till I was about five or six years old. And then my parents separated and uh, my mum and uh, my brother and I, we relocated. We went back up to the north uh, near Liverpool to live with my grandma. And then we kind of settled there, really. So hence why my accent is like this. I'm not a bro one. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of, at 17, I went out to work. So I didn't actually go to um, university. Um, I had a bit of a negative experience at a college. I went to um, a college after leaving school. And I was told that I didn't have enough points to do A-level, so I needed to do this other course, which I hadn't kind of expressed any interest in at all. And I kind of later found out that it was just a, you know, a bums on seat situation. Um, You know, they wanted to get people to fill up this particular course. So they weren't really interested in my motivation or why I wanted to do that course. I was just a number. And that was my first kind of um, experience with careers advice really and in that case it was negative and I think that's kind of where the original kind of passion for helping people with their careers and to find a career that is really you know in line with their values and what they want to do 
I think what, that's where it first came from. <laughs> what was? Yeah, I can imagine actually that that was that wasn't the best uh, first experience of career no, no. help, was it? No, no. What was the subject of that course out of interest? Well, it was travel and tourism, so you know it wasn't something really that I particularly wanted to do, and I didn't have bad GCSE results. I just didn't have the straight A's that they wanted in that particular college. So I didn't realise if I'd gone to the community college down the road, I could have done A levels. You know, oh. so that wasn't they didn't they weren't impartial with their information basically mm. um so there was just they had this travel and tourism course and you know they said oh we've got some places on that would you like to do it and I was only 16 and I didn't really know what I wanted to do so I kind of did it um so yeah it didn't really work out and then I ended up I didn't go to university I didn't actually want to go to university at that time um and then I got a job and I really excelled in work I absolutely loved it it was just everything that I needed I mean obviously I was earning money and I was um, you know learning new skills and interacting with different people and I absolutely loved it so that was kind of my university years yeah um, then I got into a relationship at the age of 17 as well so I was very responsible from a young age really and I kind of moved out around that time as well um, and then I worked basically in kind of back office type jobs like business management and things like that and I really enjoyed what I did but I missed the kind of customer element and I think that's knowing now that it's what's at the core of every job that I do is to help people and to work with people to help them kind of better themselves. So yeah. that was definitely something that I was missing. Yeah. So that's when I kind of took this path of thinking about what do I want to do? That was the first kind of seeds of doubt, really. Did anybody, so I, did anybody influence you in that? Did you have sort of a mentor or somebody around you who was sort of helping you to... I don't know, think bigger or think differently? Not really. I didn't. My mum was, I grew up obviously with a single parent to a certain extent and then she married again when I was 11. But I was always spared on with her. And her kind of message was always, I don't really mind what you do as long as you're doing something. So really supportive and positive, but not really taking into account exactly what you want to do. It was yeah. like, you, know, you just have to get out there and get a job because that's what you do. And she's very hardworking. And that's instill, instilled in me and my brother. But it wasn't necessarily somebody that kind of planted the seed about, you know, some parents are very pushy, aren't they? And they push you down certain routes and she wasn't like that at all. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't really ever think about what I wanted to do. I kind of got swept along by other people. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about what I do now, which I'll talk a bit about later, is to actually kind of define what it is that you want to do rather than what's expected of you and what's, you know, parental expectations or societal expectations and all of that is to try and really like break away from the pack really and really think about what it is that you want to do so um but I think I've had some experiences through childhood which have kind of made me realize that not everything's always perfect and there are some vulnerable people out there so I've always been sort of quite caring and um, by nature um, and that led me to go into the voluntary work because I was working full-time at this time and I had a mortgage um, so I couldn't just quit work so I knew that I wanted to kind of explore this like world of helping people and supporting people and vulnerable people so I started volunteering at a women's refuge so it was a refuge where women um, escaped their violent partners basically um, and there was also a program for teenagers who were experiencing domestic abuse but weren't necessarily living in the refuge and I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, obviously, it was a bit harrowing at times, but yeah. it definitely had that element of being able to help people and, you know, help people to better themselves and upskill themselves and become more confident. 
and I kind of had an experience of domestic violence growing up as well so oh, it kind no, of no. yeah it kind of connected with that really yeah. um and I think my mum sort of was like you know you're trying to right all the wrongs from your childhood kind of thing but it felt nice to be able to do that because I was in a kind of more positive experience and situation than they were so it was nice to be able to and I think that's, that's a really good point, isn't it? I think if you feel in that place where perhaps you're feeling stronger, you know, and you're actually able to help where mm-hmm. you, you've experienced it as well, that's, mm-hmm. that's really something, isn't it? Because you completely understand if you've had some experience of it, haven't you? you yeah, know, it's really hard you? because I was working with the, that's an amazing project in there. Um, and some of them were just working with the women and some of them were working with the children and it was really strange to work with the children who were like you know my age when we left my father um, like five or six years old and to see them and just be like you know it's okay you know everything's going to be okay and just make them feel like because they're living in this strange environment it's very difficult Mm -hmm. for them but to be able to use my experience and my skills to make this situation better and feel like there is hope so I think it definitely, so I volunteered there for like five years. I absolutely loved it. That's amazing. Um, You're very yeah. special to do that though, Lola. Not everybody could do that, I have to say. Well, no, I mean, mum always jokes that me and my brother can kind of, we can we can talk to the chief executive, we can talk to like, you know, the street cleaner. We've had a lot of experiences in our lives and it helps us to kind of connect and, you know, um, have build relationships with all different types of people from different backgrounds. So mm. I don't regret the things that have happened because it no, makes you who you are. It makes you who you are, exactly that. You know, I think, I think that's a really good mindset to have, even if what's happened to us in our previous times has been quite harrowing. Yeah. Um, and we probably wouldn't choose it. But the no. fact is, going through it has made us who we are today. So it is actually, um, I think it makes us stronger, makes us more resilient, doesn't it? I'm more empathetic because especially in my job I need to be able to like connect with people and understand where people are coming from and I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't experienced all the things that I had. No no that's that's so true I mean it's just um, I think for me listening to it it's like I just have no idea I Mm. I don't have any idea what that would be like Mm. uh, how it would feel to be in that environment I'm not sure how I would cope if I was volunteering in that environment. Yeah. I think I'd be far too emotional about it, you know. I don't know. It's funny when you grow up in certain environments because that's your normal. That's normal to yeah. you. And I didn't think that it wasn't normal until I got to older ages, like late 20s, 30s. And I hadn't even told friends close to me that yeah. that was my background. And when I speak to people, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you live through that. But my mum just kind of normalised everything, rightly or wrongly, but she created this kind of bubble around us that that was how it was. Yeah. And we never really questioned it to a certain extent. But then when I got older, I did start to question it. And I was like, that really wasn't normal. But no, yeah. that was my mum's way of helping us to deal with it. And she did yeah. very well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, blimey, who, who knows how you would have to cope with that mm-hmm. if you were faced exactly. with it it's incredible mm-hmm. so you're in this relationship you're you've done your <laughs> volunteering where are yeah. we at now so then basically I got to I think something happens you know when you're a woman and you get to 30 or something there's a brush of hormones and or something and you think oh, <laughs> is this my life is this it um and yeah I wasn't really happy in the relationship um but we've been together like 15 years at this point so it's very difficult to break away because you know we have everything that I'd always known he's like a best friend um and although it wasn't really the best relationship for me but that's another conversation um I decided over a number of years I tried to leave many times but I just couldn't do it 
Um, eventually, I realised that staying was a lot more, well, leaving was going to be easier than staying, basically. Even though leaving was very difficult, staying and not being true to myself and not really even giving myself the chance to explore what else is out there just wouldn't be, it's just not the right thing to do. So as I say, it wasn't an overnight kind of transition. It took, you know, a few, about three years to do it, really. It's big, um, isn't it, Lola? Yeah, I knew in the end that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was very scared, very frightened, but I left and um, I moved back with my mum <laughs> for oh. a bit and then decided what I wanted to do. And that's when I decided to move to Spain because I was working as a, a career coach, career advisor. And I loved the job, but the job had changed a lot um, in that time. It wasn't really reflecting my values, shall we say. Um, but at the core of it, I always I always have this kind of North Star and I knew that I wanted to help people and to help people in their careers and to better themselves and, you know, better the situation. So I always had that. So I actually took a job um, teaching English in Madrid and I've not ever lived in Madrid before. I've been to Spain like lots of other Brits do, but not Madrid. Um, and there was a job which somebody had dropped out of this vacancy that was um, starting in two weeks. Um, so I just, well, I mean, there was a backstory and a bit of to and fro, and I decided to quit my job and I left and I went to Madrid um, two weeks later. That, that's so brave. I mean, all these things, you've got a real bravery about you, Lola, you know. Brave it's, slash stupid, I don't know. Well, I'm, no, I, I don't. Go I, I don't see the stupid uh, as much as I see the brave. There's the real courage to this I think which is quite lovely and and hopefully inspiring to people who are listening to it because just to up sticks and go and live in a totally new country and also like you say it's Madrid this is a city this isn't like going to Spain on your holidays is it no it was an eye-opener a lot of things went wrong and you know but it was fine it was a learning curve and I absolutely loved it and it opened me up to this completely different world that I didn't know existed um meeting lots of different people international people and you know, just really getting into another culture that I didn't know about was really exciting. And I absolutely loved it. And I, you know, I did all the things that I should have done in my twenties, made over last time, did a bit of traveling. Um, And then I was like, you know, I really regretted not going to university. I, um, I actually read this book and I can't, I think it's called The Three, I'm going to have to remember the name of this book, The Three Wishes or something, I can't remember. And it's about this kind of deathbed scenario so it's a bit more but yes. the book, and then it kind of builds up to this deathbed scenario and I was on my own in the flat in Madrid and it was just after Christmas and everyone had gone home and I was in the flat on my own and it was kind of you get you know you get this feeling when you're just not feeling 100% fulfilled so like I had before I just started getting these feelings again of doubt about do I really want to be here is this what I want to do so I kind of you know you got to act on that because I knew that I'd brushed it under the carpet for many years before and brushing it under the carpet does not work. So I'm all ready to face all these things now. And I found this book and basically it leads you up to this scenario and it says, um, you know, you're lying on your deathbed, you're 90 years old or something, you've got a couple of hours to live and your friend's next to you and you're saying your goodbyes. And they ask you the question, um, Lola, has your life been a success? And if you say yes, then you tell the reasons why that's been a success. But if you say no, then that gives you the kind of foresight and the motivation to talk about the things that you potentially have regretted not doing at 90 years old. So you have to write down a list of five things that come to you. Um, And for me, I can't remember what the other things were. The top one was I didn't go to university. Wow. And I knew then that I just couldn't ignore that. And it wasn't as if not going to university had held me back 
career-wise. No, no exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just the, yeah, I don't know whether it's the, um, like the badge of honour or the kind of the experience of going to university. So I applied for, um, I wanted to do a master's. I didn't want to do a degree because at that point I was, I can't remember now, like 34 or something. I didn't really want to go back and study for four years at that point. That was my personal choice. Um, so I applied to do a master's. And because I'd done a lot of career coaching and I was kind of, I'd done some sort of other little courses related to that, I decided that um, I would try and go for a master's. Um, and that was that was something that I didn't know whether I'd be accepted for or not, but I ended up being um, um, accepted to five different universities. Oh, that's amazing. I know. And, that, and the first one I opened, I won't say the name of the university, but it was a good one in the UK. I actually bawled my eyes out for about an hour because I just couldn't. I mean, it's difficult to think about that now because it just seems so normal. But I was just like, oh, my God, I've been accepted to university like I've never been. And I always wanted to go. And, I, you know, I got swept along in this relationship and I didn't really, I didn't do the things that I wanted to do. And now I can finally do it. So I was just crying my eyes out, crying my eyes out. And then little did I know, I'd be accepted by five, four other universities. Were they all um, in the UK, Lola? Yeah, one was in Spain, but that wasn't exactly the topic that I wanted to do. And the other ones were around the UK. Yeah. So me and my mum went on a big, massive road trip. She's so good. She comes along with me through everything, to everything. And we, like, checked them out and where I'd be living. And we decided, um, well, I decided, but we decided together. Canterbury was going to be the one. So I went to Canterbury Christchurch University. So moved back again, another move, another big move. Moved to the south, which is a big thing because I'm from yes, the north. It's yes. like a different country in itself. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't know what to expect, but again, absolutely loved it. Did it, it was a year. I, met, I mean, I didn't, I was so nervous. I didn't know anything about anything. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I met some lovely people who are still friends now. Um, we've got a great group of people that were on the course. And yeah. So that's what I did. Let me just ask you, the people on your course, were they same sort of age as you or were you then mixed Um, in with some younger people? It was all different people from a lot of different backgrounds and that's what I loved about it. I didn't really know what to expect, but um, there was, I think the youngest was 24 or 25. Um, She'd just done a degree and then she was doing the master's after. And then I think, I don't know, the oldest people were in the 50s, maybe 60s. Um, Some people were working and then doing it as well. Some people were doing it after bringing up children. So their children were in the teenage years and they decided to go back and do it um, to kind of get back into work and life and whatever. So yeah. real cross-section of people. And I take it you passed. Yeah, so I passed. I did pass it. <laughs> I had to do the, um, the dissertation, which was like 20,000 words. So managed to do it. And yeah, passed it. Absolutely amazed <laughs> that I did it. It's wonderful. So your qualification is what, Lola? I've got um, a master's in career management and coaching so it kind of it made sense really it was like the kind of pinnacle of everything that I'd done because I've been a career coach for like 10 years now so it was sort of everything and then having the theory to sort of underpin it yeah that's good isn't it yeah yeah so you've got this degree this master's degree Mm -hmm. what next well, yeah, so then after that, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I was offered a job in London, but I decided not to take it because I wasn't really ready for London. Um, so I decided to go back to Liverpool for another year. And I really loved it, but it just wasn't really, I don't know. I love I love Liverpool. Liverpool's a great city if you've ever been and the people are lovely. But I think Pandora's box had already opened, sorry. Um, and I was missing Spain. So I came back to Madrid like two and a half years ago. 
And the first time I was here, I was teaching English. But then obviously now I was a step further again because um, obviously everything that you do, it opens you up to different things again. So I wasn't the same person coming back. I wanted different things. And I knew that I had more to offer this time. I didn't want to just teach English as a second language. Nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to do the career coaching. So that's when I decided to set up my own business. I love it. I love it. And so you've been there ever since? Yes, it's been like two and a half years, nearly three years now. So yeah, I mean, obviously I've been in self-employed now um, with my business for about just over a year. Yeah. Um, so it's still quite new, really. Um, so again, that was quite a big learning curve to actually, you know, kind of set up on your own, as you know, go out there, get clients and understand who you are and what you've got to offer and the type of people that you can help and all of that. Yeah. So it's been quite a, a voyage of discovery, really. And I think doing that, because as you know yourself, um, we met on LinkedIn. Yes. You have to put so much of yourself out there. And I didn't realise that at the beginning, but obviously that's what you're all about. Yeah. Um, I didn't know all of that, so I wanted to kind of hide and just post things and people. Yeah. But as they say, people buy people. Oh, so. they do. They really do, Lola. And you've got such a great background. You know, one of the things for me, I guess, is um, to be able to tell the listener then, uh, who is it that you now work with in this business that you've created? What's your kind of ideal client then, Lola? Yeah, so I work with uh, mid-career professionals. So when I say that, it's people who have kind of come to a point in their career. So it could be like 35, 40, 45 years old, come to a kind of midpoint in their career where they've done well, they've kind of, you know, they've got the good salary and the good job and they've worked really hard to get where they are. And, they, you know, they've had success and a lot of motivation and passion during that time. But now, you know, as we, we grow and we, we get older and values change and the things that we want change, you know, the career hasn't necessarily changed with them. So they've got to this point now where they're just not feeling satisfied the way they were before. Mm. So maybe before they were kind of attracted to the salary and the lifestyle and going out and, you know, the, the things that that salary and lifestyle brings you. But now it's not about that, really. Maybe they want something where they're more connected to the outcome or something that makes them feel a lot more passionate than they were interested in before. Mm. So they're kind of having these doubts, really. And, they, you know, it's like me in the relationship. You're kind of pushing them down, aren't you? And you think, I'll be all right. You know, next week, it'll be all right. Yeah. Or, you know, you go for a promotion and you feel you feel great for a month or two. But then those feelings start to come up again and appear again. And you're sort of pushing them down again and you're pushing them down. Yeah. And then in the end, you're just like, no, you know, I need to do something about this. Because if I don't, then, I'm, you know, I'm 35, I'm 40, 45 or whatever. And if I don't possibly make changes now, then... I might not do it again in the future. Yeah. And how do you help someone to see what it is that they want to do? Because sometimes I think people do feel very stuck. And, you know, I, I know people, even that I coach in sales, and they yeah. say, I, I just don't know and, and, and I don't know how to sell. And, yeah. and, of course, I know that, of course, they do, and that's what I help them with. But yeah. what, how do you help somebody who's really stuck, Lola? Well, it's exactly like what you say. I'd say like 95% of people say they don't know what they want to do. But when you do a bit of digging, they do really. I mean, it can be the case that they haven't got a clue, but most of the time it's that they don't want to admit to it or they feel stupid for saying something like, oh, I kind of want to do this thing, but I feel a bit, you know, because yeah. they don't think it's possible. Yeah. And particularly when we get in our 30s and 40s or whatever, you know, you do start pigeonholing yourself don't you and you put yourself in these boxes and society tells us that by the age of like 30 we should be married with kids and we should know what we're doing <laughs> yeah. and we're going to be in that job till we die yeah. 
Yeah. And that can happen for some people, and that's fine. But for the majority of people, you know, 85% of people are not satisfied at work, apparently. So it's not an uncommon thing. And I think it's it should be not, it should be celebrated that we want to grow and we want to develop and we want to change. We're not who we are when we're 18, and that's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, so I always kind of liken the process to kind of um, restoring an old car. So uh-huh. my stepdad restores these old cars and, you know, I've seen them in the garage and he literally strips everything back and you're just left with this kind of skeleton carcass. You've got rid of all the old parts, all the old things that don't work anymore and the things that we don't need. And then it's like, you know, you start building it back up. So you're thinking about what is it that is important to me now? So five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe it was the salary and whatever, but what let together all that, what's important to you now? Yeah. Um, you know, what are your values? What are the things that you want to see in your job? Like me, it was about always helping people. That's the end result. But for someone else, it might be about being an expert in your field or it might be the salary or it might be to travel. So you have to think about what's important to you now. Um, what are the skills that you have that make you different and stand out from other people? So what are the things that you're good at? What are the things that you enjoy doing? Um, and then you're just kind of building up a picture, really, and just adding these new things on. And then also trying things out as well. So you're kind of having a bit of a test drive as well. Yeah. You start creating this new kind of job and this persona and leaving the other things behind because you, that baggage is kind of weighing you down. Testing it out, you know, maybe doing some voluntary work like I did or reaching out to people and asking them. Um, and just testing things and then, you know, going and then obviously I help people learn once they've defined what it is that they want to do and they feel confident and comfortable that's what they want to do. I help them then to do a CV, LinkedIn profile, interview skills, job search strategy, the whole lot really, so that they're able to go in and get that job. So it's right through, isn't it? I love the, <laughs> I love the analogy you use. I think that's just wonderful because everybody can relate to that so well, can't they? Yeah, it but makes I, sense to me, really. Yeah, and I would imagine like when people are really starting to open up in that really safe uh, environment that you give them, that you mm. do suddenly start realising actually who you are. And oh my goodness, I actually really love that. I forgot I loved that so much. And yeah, then that's, exactly. that's the easier path to sort of start discovering things, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it's kind of that, you know permission thing but it is about giving yourself permission isn't it really yeah. and I think there are so many expectations on people that weigh us down that just yes. you know and the people that kind of question you half the time I've had this in my life with certain people around me you know why are you doing that why do you want to do that you're in this job you should be grateful and it's like well I'm not happy and then it's usually those people who haven't actually made changes in their life exactly and they're kind of projecting onto you and putting yeah. their kind of insecurities and you know sort of failures onto you that's a big one I think I think that's a really big one and I think you know that going back to kind of like the pushy parents and you know the ones who say you have to go to university and things like this and it's often because they didn't or if Mm -hmm. they did it's often because they did they feel their child has to and I mean that's very um general kind of statement but it's definitely something that is a factor I think in then who we become is that sort of saying well I should do this really and and I I couldn't really do that because I won't be good enough at it Mm, and and yeah. I think those things are really sad uh, things to to see aren't they so you clearly yeah. release a lot of that stuff which is brilliant really and I think because I've as you say like I've been through it as well and I've had those little voices the negative voices because yeah. half the time it's not even other people that are telling you, you it's, just, it's, it's you yourself that. yeah but where's it even coming from like you know somebody said something to you five years ago and you're like well that's 
it's not necessary clear that out <laughs> yeah. you know you've got to really look at who you are now and what you've got to offer really yeah and I love the fact that you also do go on to do help with the CV and help with the job interview your LinkedIn yeah. profile so that's yeah. amazing because that's not just doing one bit of it you're actually going right on the journey with them aren't you through all well, that's of the it. best bit then isn't it really yeah. they write to me and they'll say I've got a job and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and that's the exciting bit then yeah. isn't it really yeah. have actually changed somebody's life it's and, you know it's not an overnight thing you know it's a process that you've got to go through yeah but that's why because you want to get it right I mean there's a lot of other career coaches or recruitment consultants that deal with the here and now and they can get you into a job straight away but if you're feeling like you're doing a job search and you're not really interested in what you're looking at and you don't yeah. know even know what to apply for you've got to kind of go back and do that other piece really yeah. the, you know the exploration bit it's definitely a big picture kind of mm. work that you do isn't it I feel yeah I just think for me like the most important thing is to I know it sounds cheesy because authentic is so done to death no it's all right you know, I don't mind authentic I like that <laughs> you know when you go to bed at night are you doubting what you're doing are you living your life for yourself or are you living it for other people what you know what are you doing it for who are you doing it for and if you can't you know get to sleep at night and you're thinking about all these things then what is it you've got to look at it haven't you and it might just be it might not be that you have to do a complete career change it might just be that the project that you're working on now is not really for you or maybe you just need to change sectors or something so it doesn't yeah. have to be a complete life change and you know everything's turned upside down yeah. But if you don't investigate it, then, you know, it can fester and turn into something else. I, I totally agree. I really do. So um, what's next for Lola in terms of your business? What are your aspirations? What's exciting? Um, well, it was quite interesting because during the lockdown period, obviously in Spain, it was quite um, severe. So we had a lot of, a lot of time in the house, um, a lot of time to think and things like that. And obviously when you go into business, I mean, you've got a lot of experience with business. But for me, it's the first time and you know you have to think about who do you want to work with and all of those things and that's kind of developed and changed and grown and even in the short time I've been doing it so I've developed this 30-day career change program which is it's really exciting and I actually I absolutely love it because you know one-to-one -one coaching can be more expensive can't it so it's yeah. just about giving something out you know that somebody can do maybe if they've been made redundant or you know they don't have the money to pay for one-to-one -one coaching but they really do need some support and changing career so this 30-day program I've written takes you, as I said, like stripping back the car, like right back to basics, really like thinking about who you are, what you want, what's holding you back, what you want to do, um, how you're going to get there and, you know, get to the end result. So in 30 days, it, I mean, you're not going to get the new job in 30 days, but in, at the end of the 30 days, you're going to know what you want to do, what your skills are, how to sell yourself at interview, where to look for jobs, CVs, LinkedIn, the whole lot. So it really is like a good kind of kickstart, basically, yeah. um, to get you back on track. So that's is, something that... Is there a link that, that we can put in the, the comments? Um, yes, yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll give... They run every... So it's like every six weeks, really. So it's 30 days. The 22nd of June is the next one. 22nd um, of June. That for 30 days. Um, yeah. so there's some great testimonials. The group that I only ran it for the first time last month. I've had some amazing testimonials. Like it looks like I've literally paid these people to make them for me. But honestly, like the chain, I mean, it's only 30 days, but it, it goes deep. And you know, there was some times there where it's not an easy course because when you're stripping everything back and you're leaving no stones unturned. But that's my style. I like to get in there to the nitty-gritty and really yeah. get to find out, you know, what's there. I love so that, that. That's something that I've absolutely loved doing and I've had some amazing feedback. So I'm doing that one again. Great. Um 
and then yeah just basically carrying on with the coaching and really kind of just getting out there because I work online which is great so as you do yourself you can work with people all around the world and yeah that's always interesting different yeah. cultures and different people that you speak to it's good isn't it and you've got the experience of Spain as well now so you actually do know what that culture looks like which is which is yeah. brilliant isn't it yeah. there might be another Lola somewhere who wants to do what you did you know yeah who's, who's sitting in the UK thinking yeah. I actually want to do something different so but I'm sure there are lots of people I mean obviously I get messages all the time people reaching out to me and it's scary isn't it and yeah. you know obviously it's 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 scary to take that kind of first step when you want to change career because your career is not just in isolation it's your life as well isn't it yeah. so you want a career that kind of complements your life especially if you want to do something that's going to really represent who you are you want it to be in alignment with you really don't you yeah, um, so you know it can kind of have a knock-on effect on other things as well I mean I've had people that I've coached and you know they've come with me come to me saying that it's about the career but then as we start going through it's attached to other things isn't it it's about relationships and you know other things and how you see yourself and I've had people go on some big transformations yeah um, I can imagine so, yeah. I mean it is like um that Shirley Valentine thing isn't yeah it? <laughs> isn't that a great film I love yeah, that that's so a great film, my mum always said that to me you know about the relationship you don't want to be looking out the um the kitchen window while you're washing the dishes thinking is this it yeah um, you know that wasn't it there was something else out there for me and look what happened to Shirley you know she left and she went off to Greece and <laughs> it's amazing wasn't it I love that yeah. she just didn't take wall with her if anybody watched the film she <laughs> just took wall, wall yeah. didn't she so yeah. that was so fun and um, I think I want to just kind of round it up a little bit with um, asking you about pandemic and whether you've seen a big change and shift in people because of being in isolation having time to really think about what they're doing with their lives and reevaluating. have you seen a real shift with with what's coming through to you Lola yeah it's been a whole kind of different I don't know different scenario for a lot of people but for many people I think it's at the beginning obviously it was panic and obviously if you've lost your job and you've been furloughed and stuff that brings a different emotion with it and the tendency might be, oh, I need to get back straight straight back into work. But then I think now as time's gone on, it's given people the time to really reflect. And mm. even if you are working, you've had a lot more time at home and you're not able to go out and distract yourself with the normal things that we distract ourselves with. So it's really given people the time and the space to think about what it is that they do want from their life and their career. Or maybe you just weren't happy before and this kind of being at home has just really made you realise that you know, it's not a bad company, but it's not what you want to do and it doesn't make you happy. So, yeah, I've had a lot of people kind of contacting me saying that they just need to get out and, you know, they didn't realise that their boss was the way that they were and they're putting too much demands on them and they've realised that, you know, it's not what they want to do now. They don't want to work in a big city centre office or whatever. They want something a bit more, you know, in line with their values and what they want to do and stuff. Yeah. But there are always going to be companies that are recruiting, yeah. you know, in certain industries and whatever. Um and I just don't think it's it's good enough to kind of justify staying in a job that you don't enjoy because no, exactly. out there. Because if you don't even try and you don't even look to see what's out there, how do you know? And again, and it's these negative voices around you that fill exactly. your head. Exactly. Yeah. And do you um, encourage anyone that you coach to actually start their own business? 
Well, yeah, because that, that kind of happens, though, to be honest, and especially now with working from home and everything. I think it opens up people to a lot of new skills and, you know, kinds of situations that they wouldn't normally be in. Yeah. And yeah, and I like to bring, you know, my situation into it and my reasons for wanting to go solo. And I think, you know, it's like when they say there's a book in everyone, there's potentially yeah. a business in everyone, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, and I think now with technology and everything, it's not as scary as it once was. No. I mean, the the other side of it is, of course, you've got to put your food and on the table and pay your rent or your mortgage, and so that's the big responsibility of it. But ultimately, the the freedom side of it is really wonderful. And yeah. so if you get all the balance right, and you get good people around you, and get good mentors and coaches. Yeah. I think that you can actually start your own business quite confidently today. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. But I, you know, I would never suggest anyone just quits the job and does something else because no. that's not right either. So when we work together, there's that big exploration resource kind of section that needs to be done. Yeah. So you really need to test it within a safe environment while you're still employed or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can see if it's going to be viable for you. So whether that's setting up a business or moving into a new sector or career area you know, really testing it out within the, the safety of the parameters of the job that you're in before yeah. you make that transition. So last question would be, um, what's your advice? Um, one piece of advice that you could tell the listeners if they're thinking, I'm a bit stuck, you know, uh, maybe I could do with just considering what I should do or whether I'm doing the right thing. What's your biggest advice to them? Um, well, touching on the last point, the right thing, there never is the right thing to do. And I think we've all got millions of different pathways that we could follow, really. But I think if you're stuck and you're not happy, you've got to recognise and really acknowledge those feelings. Because as I say, with, with situations that have happened to me in the past, it wasn't just I woke up one day, I was like, oh, I'm not happy, I'm going to leave or I'm going to change. These things come over time and, you know, you do brush them under the carpet or you don't want to acknowledge them because it's too scary. But I think you need to really acknowledge it. So when you feel something, possibly write it down. I'm a big fan of journaling. So if you feel yeah. something, just write down how you feel and put a date on it. And then when you feel like that again, go back and look, you know, was that last month that I felt like that or was it last week? And if it starts cropping up quite regularly, then it's obviously a true emotion, isn't it really? Yeah. So yeah, I just, you know, people, I tell people in that situation to really just acknowledge the feelings and it's okay to feel like that. You may feel like a failure or that you've done something wrong, but it's completely normal to change and grow and develop. And if you don't do that, that's when you get stuck and that's when you start going down this negative spiral, really. You're a wonderful example of that, just actually <laughs> being quite spontaneous, even though it took a while to get there. Actually, yeah. when you ultimately made those decisions, you just went for it and did it and made those yeah. changes. So that yeah. is incredibly courageous. So it's been really lovely to follow your story, Lola. How can people connect with you if they want to? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. So I think I'm the only Lola Brothers beyond there. So you can find me on there. Um, I'm also hopefully going to have my website ready tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my business name is actually Viva Career Coaching. So Viva means like life in Spanish. So oh, to live. and it's kind of, you know, it's that connection really with with living in Spain and operating in Spain and working in Spain and obviously trying to bring this feeling of like life to people. And the, the strap line underneath is life, career, you. Because I'm really big on your career kind of, interconnecting with your life as well and your identity because for me 
I don't really want it to be separate. I love the name of your business. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm the same when I coach the people I coach. I want them and their business owners predominantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want their business to have this lovely personal brand, which is them in it, because yeah. that is what we buy. We don't yeah. buy a business name as much as we buy the person who then represents that business exactly. name, which is but you're great. great at all of that. And I've kind of learned that from you because that's how I met you, wasn't it? Um, watching your webinar. Oh. <laughs> and I followed your story and all the things that you've been through. Yeah. And I thought, oh, she's so brave for sharing that story. Oh, um, I don't, I don't I feel think, half as brave as you. Go no, God, no. <laughs> your story's amazing. And, and I didn't really see the relevance of that when I first started in business. But, you know, it does. It You know, people want to understand who they're working with. And I think, as you said, our stories can really help other people. Yeah. This has definitely been inspiring as a human conversation, that's for sure. Um, so thank you so much for joining me, Lola. It's been so nice to hear more about your journey, you know, and how yeah. it really went. And also the things that you're doing, the exciting things. We'll put all of that into the comments so that people can follow you and connect to LinkedIn. And also maybe do your 30-day challenge with any luck. That would be Yeah, awesome, if anybody's interested in that or anything else, then yeah, do yeah. contact me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Um, well, thank you so much for having me on, Jules. It's been oh. really great. And you're such a good um, interviewer. <laughs> I, mean, I just chat. I'm just good at chatting <laughs> and I'm nosy. So that, that all helps, doesn't it? Yeah, so. that was good. <laughs> but thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, and listeners, look, I hope you've enjoyed that. I know I've really enjoyed chatting to Lola and finding out more about her. And also, you know, this whole career thing. It's valid, isn't it? It's really important that we look at who we are and what we do, and we love what we do. Remember that book that Lola mentioned, which I'm going to find out and, and put in the, the notes as well, because uh, you don't want to be on your deathbed having regrets, do you? None of us do. So, uh, so make sure you're doing what you love. That's the message of this podcast for sure. Um, listen, you can uh, like and subscribe on various platforms, but the main ones you'll find us on is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. In the meantime, tune in next time to The Human Conversation, where I'll be having another amazing conversation with another entrepreneur. Thanks for joining us today, and ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to The Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.